Hello, all, and welcome to another episode of Happy Hour Hoops, the Triple H podcast, whatever you want to call us. Your one-stop shop for enjoying a cold beverage and listening to our ice-cold basketball takes. Today, Donnie and Jake, as always, for Happy Hour Hoops, and joined by our special guest, reoccurring guest, Stevie. Some guy named Steve is where you can find him on Twitter. Stevie, how you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. It's been a while, so, you know, the playoffs yeah. ended, so I'm happy to talk about everything you know, we haven't discussed in a while. I haven't talked to you guys in what over a month, probably. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been a minute since Stevie's been on here today. We are, you know, just the 2020 2021 season is over. The Milwaukee Bucks are crowned champions. We got everything from finals talk to previews of next year, some of our favorite moments from the season. Uh, we're going to get into it, Jake. Let's let's start with Giannis being crowned champion. The Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo, champions at last. Giannis did it. The pro- and you know what? We should have seen the, the way this playoffs was setting up for him. It literally is was like a storybook storybook playoff run. Everything the way that it broke down from from avenging their loss last year to the Heat. To beating, to just sneaking by the everyone's title favorites in the Nets by the mm. big toe of Kevin Durant, like literally, they got beat lucky. Like Kevin Durant hit the game-winning shot, and it didn't matter. They ended up winning that series. Then playing Atlanta, and not, I mean, the Atlanta series as a whole, not like a historic, you know, memorable series. But we do get the Giannis injury in that series, throwing the whole Bucks playoff run into doubt. We don't. Th- that's the thing, you know, as we were. We were looking back on the season. I was looking back on everything today. The thing that that was the craziest to me is that, bro, like Giannis, Giannis going into game one, we didn't even know if he was going to play. We remember we were, we literally as our preview for game one, we were like, well, if Giannis plays, like this is what's going to happen if he doesn't. And what does mm-hmm. he do this series? Like has a historic performance. I mean, there's nothing more you can say about 50 points in a closeout game. It's Donnie, you put like greatest performance of the season, and I was like, nah, it's like one of the greatest performances in NBA history. Yeah, like, the most points in a finals closeout game, I'm pretty sure ever. I didn't even see anybody try to put that stat out because I think it was that obvious that he that he had reached that. Um, mm-hmm. and just was incredible the whole playoffs, but he really deserved it. It was the it was the storybook ending that they really deserved, and it was great to see what how did you feel? Uh, last week i mean coming out of that out of that series like what was your thoughts first thoughts coming out of that series my first thoughts were just that i didn't think we would see this for years to come i mean we had that you know week and a half stretch where Giannis was there he was having the 40 point games he was having the 50 point games i think until they absolutely sealed the deal i didn't really i couldn't imagine because, you know, just the flop we've seen in the playoffs before from Giannis and the Bucks, And then leading up to these finals and these playoffs and in the middle of these playoffs, everyone's saying, you know, Giannis can't be the number one option on a team. It was, you know, starting to look like that a little bit towards the end of the season. Um, I, I'm guilty of saying that a couple of times myself. So <laughs> I, I think the craziest part is just actually, you know, once that, that final game happened, and like I said, greatest performance of the season you hit the nail on the head definitely the best you know single individual finals performance i have seen in my lifetime 
hands down. I mean, mm-hmm. I was sitting on my couch in awe at the 50 points from Giannis. And I, I think that's just going to be just the, just the pure shock that Giannis was a champion at, at the end of it all. How about, how about you, Stevie? That's, that was a good question, Jake. What do you got for that answer? Yeah. I mean, I did not think Giannis could win in Milwaukee and it wasn't, you know, any discredit to Giannis. It was the fact I just didn't think he had enough talent around him. I thought another true star, but Giannis has kind of broken the mold. He showed that you, you can win. You can stay loyal to the team that drafted you. You can win with the talent around you and he willed the bucks to a championship. And it was, he wasn't the best player just offensively in the finals. He was the best player defensively. He was making Mm -hmm. some blocks that I, I didn't even think players could reach to block the ball there and he would make it look easy. And then next thing you know, he's on the other side of the court slamming the ball. He had five blocks in game six on top of his 50 points. What was most impressive for me is he was 17 of 19 from the line yep. in game six. He struggled with free throws the entire playoffs. It became almost a meme. You know, in Phoenix, they were counting when he was at the free throw line. You thought it was in his head. And then game six, when it mattered, he said, I don't care. He made all his free throws. He shot, that's what, 90%, 17 to 19. Going into that closeout game, he was shooting 59% on the series and then 90 90 to close. That's just unbelievable. That's just the clutch factor that you really just can't teach. And I think a lot of people didn't really believe it until we actually saw it. No one really believed can Giannis actually will a team by himself to a championship. Mm -hmm. He did. And post-championship, too, I'll tell you what, there may not be a a more likable guy in sports than Giannis. Probably one of the friendliest, happiest moments. I was, like, just addicted to watching him Mm -hmm. celebrate Mm -hmm. the Bucs championship. And I I felt like, you know what, this is the type of guy that's very easy to root for. And a lot of people are discrediting him for really no reason other than saying, ah, he can't get it done. He hasn't done it before. Now that he has, I mean, Giannis is going to be proud probably become one of the best basketball players of all time. He got, you know, he got over, he got over the hump. And I mean, the sky's the limit for Giannis. It was the NBA finals, probably the best one individual performance I've watched in recent memory, maybe yeah. in my lifetime. I, I don't think I've seen a player dominate a finals like he did. I want to, I want to stay on that thought for a second too. I actually saw right before hopping on here that, you know, it's, it's time to start thinking about it. Maybe it's too soon because, you know, this is his first ring. He's just one. It's, you know, it's fresh in our minds. Maybe this is why people have these thoughts. But I'm seeing, you know, and it's kind of starting to get some traction that is Giannis the next or already kind of the new face of the league? And that's not us discrediting LeBron or KD or Steph. But all things considered, I mean, Stevie mentioned it. He's probably one of the most likable athletes at – you know, at this time, present day, he's so lovable. And then we, we're seeing how much the NBA is shifting today with all, you know, um, the international players. And Giannis is kind of the pinnacle of that. But he also brings the toughness. He's a champion now. He's a likable guy. He did it, you know, kind of without a super team. This is – he had some stars next to him, but he really – kind of did it by himself when people thought he couldn't he kind of just has all as- aspects of that covered as far as being the face of the league or you know the one who people want to look up to so it, it's definitely something to consider having Giannis at that pedestal right now I mean I think 
we're in the we're in the phase of Giannis's career where it's the it's the LeBron Kobe argument, right? Where everybody was ready to anoint LeBron, everybody was going to hold on to the old guys, whether it's going to be Durant mm-hmm. or LeBron or whoever else. I think we're going to come into that zone, but I'm 100% with you. I mean, the dude is the last three years, two two MVPs and a Finals MVP. I mean, what more do you even need to hear than that? That if you put that resume with anybody else, don't look at it. Most people are going to be considering that guy the face of the league. Um, I think that it, this year could have a lot of big impact on that. It's it's probably the most wide open it's ever been. Um, but we're gonna see, you know, if uh, like there's probably. I'm trying to think. There's only other like I mean, LeBron, Durant are the two other obvious cases. And then Stevie, this isn't just pandering to you. I think Luca has a chance to yeah. be that that other one. But honestly, like who else is it beyond those guys? I think that's the group of four really that I mean Steph too. I, you yeah. can't you can't discount Steph Curry. But those five really are the ones that I would say I would put in my top five off the top of my head and be the guys that are that are competing for that spot for sure. What about you, Stevie? Yeah, I would say that's the group of five. It's really hard for me, as much as I don't love LeBron, it's hard for me to you know discredit him until he's out of the league. I think LeBron's still the face of basketball. I think he's, mm-hmm. you know, some people say he's bigger than the game, and to a point, that's true. Until LeBron retires, until you know he calls it quits, as long as he's in the league, he's probably the face of the NBA. But once LeBron's gone, I mean, I would would not be surprised at all if it's Giannis who steps up to it and. For me, I'm a little biased. I could see Luca right there. You know, he still mm-hmm. has to get a little more success in the playoffs. He's got to get that championship. Giannis has that now. He has the MVPs, which Luca also doesn't have. He has the Defensive Player of the Year. Like he said he can play both sides of the court very well at like you know top one percent in the league on both sides. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say it isn't going to be Giannis once I think LeBron is out of the NBA. Yeah, now all Kevin Durant has to do is make Space Jam 3, and then maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe it'll be KD after that. that. Sounds like a, now that sounds like up to Giannis's alley. I feel like Giannis is Space Jam 3, but he kind of already looks like one of the Goon Squad members. In, yeah, in real life. <laughs> he's got the extendo arm. Didn't Durant already have his own basketball movie, too? I don't even remember what the yeah, name was. Thunderstruck, I think. Thunderstruck, yeah. yeah, that's what it was. It was, it was like horrible. a... It was like Disney Disney movie meets NBA, and KD is just the most awkward actor of all time. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, we, we have to rag on KD a little bit. Giannis, yeah. Giannis stormed through him and the Nets to get there, so it's only fair that we do this while we're celebrating the Milwaukee Bucks as champs. Uh, any, anything else you guys have finals talk-wise? I just wanted to say – um, it's pretty cool. All the Antetokounmpo brothers who are currently in the NBA are champions now. Yeah. Um, of course, the two Did of them you know getting there's another it. one. There's another. There's another brother in the draft this year. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I, I, didn't know that that no idea. I just another saw that today. I had no clue. Um, They're taking over. But the only thing okay. I do want to touch on, besides you know all the Giannis hype, I think we got to give Drew Holiday some credit. He was so good on defense the entire finals, but he could, I mean, was he the best addition in the off season? That's a question, you know, I think is fair to ask because, you know, that, that was kind of the main reason Milwaukee, you know, won the finals, obviously Giannis carried them, but the difference on defense from Bledsoe to holiday was monumental. And although, you know, holiday didn't shoot too well in the finals or in the playoffs in general, he still had a couple giant games that were huge mm. for the Bucs. And he was another big part, I think, why the Bucs won the championship. 
that game five, 28 points, 13 assists, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Drew had an incredible run. And, I, I think you could argue addition, you know, and best addition for them. And the closeout games, too, game three through six, Drew let all yeah. players use plus 56 plus minus when he was on the floor. Ooh. That's yeah, incredible. Can't That's teach incredible. That. And just he made Booker and CP's life so miserable. Yes. Just no matter whoever he was on in during the game, they, it was they were working for everything. Those guys never looked comfortable either. I love that. Um, anything on the Suns? We had it to mark down here, Dunny. I mean, Dunny, Dunny. So we can do this quick here because Dunny says right here. I think the Suns will be back. I said, "Fuck the Suns. I'm done with them." <laughs> so Stevie, where are you? Like, where are you feeling on the Suns? Uh, I think it. The- rides on where Chris Paul wants to play next year. If his buddy LeBron recruits him to the Lakers, I don't know if the Suns can get back there with just Booker and Aiton. Aiton at times looks like he can be that next big superstar, you know, next big man superstar, but he's so inconsistent. There's some games where he just goes away completely and you forget he's on the Suns team. You're like, Mm. oh, Aiton's been on the court for the past 10 minutes. Yeah, Booker is what Booker is. He's a great scorer. I don't think he can win by himself. He's going to need a couple other guys around him, and it all rides on Chris Paul. If Chris Paul wants to come back, yeah, the Suns can make another run, but the West is going to be better next year. I, I don't think it's going to be an, an easiest road as they had this year. And if they lose a few pieces, I don't know. I think this was the year if the Suns wanted to get that championship. It had to be this year, but – I mean, it was kind of same for the Bucks too, right? It felt like two yeah. teams were. This was the year you have to win. The Bucks were the ones to do it. But if the Suns keep their same team, there's no reason they're not going to be back. They're very well coached. They're very you know gritty team. Very you know balanced team. But I don't know if Chris Paul stays. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah, I think Chris Paul is something we can. For sure, we'll probably will dive into it. You know, throughout this off season because. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting situation where he has a big contract, but he also has the player option. You mentioned that there's already all the rumors about his buddy LeBron recruiting him to L.A., Mm -hmm. but then there's do the Los Angeles Lakers go out and absorb that contract for a year when it kind of looks like they're trying to bring in other assets right now for Kuzma. It's, you know, it's really interesting. The way I see it, if the Suns do want it back, if Chris Paul wants to be back, or if Chris Paul wants to be back, I think – the Suns almost owe him a chance there because I think yeah. what what people, you know, and what storyline will get washed away in these finals, we just went over, you know, how incredible it was for Giannis and the Bucks, and it was. In that closeout game, Chris Paul was pretty excellent. Game six, I mean, Chris Paul was ne- near perfect at times in that game. He was hitting big shots to bring them back within single digits, to make it a two-point game. Uh, he was doing all the little things. Booker shot terribly from the field. Aiton missed everything right at the rim. Giannis had him scared ever since that block earlier on in the uh, in the series. And, you know, the two co-stars of Chris Paul kind of flopped in that closeout game. And here Chris Paul is ringless, you know, coming up short again in the playoffs. I think the Suns at least owe it to him. He had a few shaky games in the series, but – yeah, I mean, Chris Paul is going to be a real interesting story to follow throughout this offseason along with many others. Yeah, so the CP thing is interesting to me because Robert Sarver, the Suns owner in the past, has not wanted to spend a lot of money on this roster. And so is he going to really be inclined with an Aiton, 
you know, extension that's going to be coming up soon and paying a very old Chris Paul at this point. I mean, let's just be honest. Like, dude's going to be – the deal, he's going to be looking for three or four years from somebody, and that puts him into 37, 38, you know, that, that range, which we've never seen point guards really – like, what he's doing is unprecedented from the point guard position just because of his age and his size and stature. Like, we've never seen that kind of effectiveness. Um but I really wonder what this team thinks they are going forward. Do they think that they're a title contender next year, or do they think that they should build with this young core and see what they really have out of these guys? Because you're going to have a, a Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson decision at some point, assuming Aiton gets the max, those two guys are going to go and be able to get money from anywhere in the league. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, there's a lot of interesting ways to move with this team. And, whether they like to admit it or not, Suns fans, the Booker clock is, has been ticking since he signed that contract. We know how much he wants. He's already basically told us that he wants to play with Cat, his boy, D'Angelo Russell, too. I mean, that is always going to be in the back of – should be in the back of everybody's head when it comes to Devin Booker because as sweet as things are right now, it didn't come – they didn't get through, and he's just going to be looking for ways to get back there, whether it's – whether it's in Phoenix or somewhere else. I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm not trying to push Devin Booker out the door of Phoenix, but it's just, I think, the reality <laughs> of the situation. But, yeah. yeah, so we'll see what happens with the Suns going forward. All right, let's get into it. We're going to our year in review, though. That's enough of the finals. We're just going to go here. This is going to be a fun little part for us and uh, go through our favorite parts of the year, man. I mean, it was a fun, crazy, chaotic, the strangest NBA season we've all ever probably watched and witnessed. But there was still some great basketball that happened. So, Donnie, I'm going to let you kick it off here. Give me some of your favorite moments, and we'll go through there and, and discuss. Yeah, so right off the bat, no bias at all here. Jason Tatum, 60 points. Uh, he had a 60-point bomb. I think they were down 32, I believe, if I remember correctly, in this game against the San Antonio Spurs. Yep. Jason Tatum did just about everything. Career high, of course. Overtime game. I was actually, I was actually in a bar across the street from the Garden uh, this night in Boston, and the place was just nutty. I was probably the loudest one in there, but that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> it was just fantastic. I mean, Tatum is one of my favorite players. You guys mentioned face of the league. I don't think he's there yet, but he's definitely up and coming. And he had a sixty-point game. I mean, this was this was just so fun for me to watch and i mean coming back from 32 was good as is and then to put 60 on top of it and it kind of crept up i mean i I didn't really think he was going to get there and then once he was at 50 i'm like yeah this is in tatum's wheelhouse and then when 60 came i was like okay this this dude is exactly as as special as i thought he was so that was that was really fun for me the uh the 60 point game the thing about Tatum when he's like on like that is the shot making is just crazy because he will just take the most difficult shots, just crazy step backs, mid range, go to the rip, and he'll just it's just it's he gets on that other level. And this was definitely one of those nights. Uh, anything on Jason Tatum there, Stevie? I was gonna say coming into this year, I wasn't like the biggest Tatum guy. I didn't think he'd ever become a true superstar. And this year, I about halfway through the year, he completely proved me wrong. He had about a month stretch where he was just taking over night after night for the Celtics. And to your point, Donnie, I don't think it's bias. I think Tatum really does have a chance to make a leap to maybe not a face of the NBA, but right behind those guys. Yeah. For sure. Donnie, uh, Donnie, keep it rolling here. What else? What else? Any other performances? Anything else that you were 
loving about the NBA season this year? Yeah, another big performance from another one of my favorite players, Mr. Kevin Durant. I I hate that I'm drawing a blank on this, what game it was in the Bucks series. Game five. Game five. Okay, Kevin Durant, 49 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, played the entire 48 minutes. Uh, his his quote at, at the end of the game was just as good as his play. Um, he said that he mentioned to Coach Steve Nash, you know, if, if you want to take me out, you take me out for a couple minutes, but otherwise I'm good. You know, that was uh, paraphrasing a bit, but just showing the, the incredible play from Kevin Durant, the incredible heart, dedication to the game. I mean, the 49 points looked effortless. We tweeted it out off the Happy Hour Hoops account. It looked like he was back at Rucker Park. Mm. I mean, K- KD, this was – we talk about the Giannis. That was easily the best finals performance I've ever seen. This is up there for performances of the season, though. Like, And, and I'm saying that after I just talked about Tatum's 60-point ball. I think I enjoyed that one the most just because, you know, Celtics – it was a great comeback to watch. This was – I was in awe, like jaw dropped, mouth open on my couch late at night. Had to be up early for work. Didn't care. <laughs> KD was, you know – I mean, it was it was beautiful. It was just beautiful. Stevie, do you remember who you bet on for this game? I I was on the Nets for most part of the series, so I'd, I'd assume I was on the Nets here. Can't remember what the actual spread was for this, but – um. I remember watching this game, and I was very happy, which means I'm a KD fan anyway. (laughs) But I'm sure I bet on the Nets if I was really, really happy for it. (laughs) I was gonna say if you were a Bucks better during this one, it was you were you were kicking yourself over and over and over and over again. Um, It was because you never want to be on the wrong side of those historic performances against those great players. Speaking of that, Dunny, you had another one here, and it was my one of my favorite performances of the year. Steph Curry, mm, 62, too. against the Portland Trailblazers. Donnie, there's no way you were awake for this game, but what do you remember waking up the next morning and seeing <laughs> this? No, no no way I was awake. I think I watched maybe like the first quarter of this game. <laughs> um, but this, I, I went back to it just because it was the career high for Steph with the 62, but it just, you know, we talk about Giannis, we talk about KD in the playoffs, even – Tatum putting on that big performance against the Spurs, that was towards the end of the season. I think it's just important for us to go back. You know, this is this is a full season recap. Steph was cooking all season long. I mean, he mm-hmm. had unbelievable performances at the start of the season. Of course, you know, this Warriors team wasn't really, you know, set out for the playoffs. Um I mean, they'll be back. They, they weren't healthy. They they got they got to get right. But I, I think it's important that we just acknowledge Steph's greatness from this year. There's a few players who we're all going to touch on in a little bit. But, I mean, Steph, we're witnessing probably, in my opinion, he already is the greatest point guard of all time. Of course, there's the Magic Johnson debate. Best shooter of all time, undoubtedly. I mean, this guy can let it fly from anywhere. And he was doing it with defensive schemes that he had to adjust to that he had never seen before. I mean, he's used to playing with the Splash Brothers. He's used to he's used to playing with unbelievable talent around him, but this year it was they were throwing four guys at the ball as soon as he crossed half court. 
And he adjusted, and he had these monster games, much like the 62-point game against Portland. They won by 15 that game, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it was, you know, one for the books for Mr. Curry. He does it night in, night out. But, I mean, it, it's just important for us to look back on Steph's season. Yeah, I mean, I love Curry. And when there's a player who's on or just on fire, there's no one more entertaining to watch in the NBA, in my opinion, than Steph Curry. When he gets in a run where it feels like he can just kick the ball and it'll go in the hoop, it's must-watch television every time. And he had a stretch where he was scoring, you know, 35, 38, 40 a night every single night. And this game was kind of just – you know, the icing on top of the cake where, you know, everyone who talks about Damian Lillard, you know, Damian Lillard, he's a better point guard than Curry. All the people want to have that opinion. Stop it. Stop it. Steph Curry's (laughs) the best point guard in the world. He's the best shooter in the world. And when he's on, there's no one who's more fun to watch. Steph Curry, I love watching him. Triple coverage, he'll just chuck it in the hoop. Somehow it goes in. I don't know, but he does it year after year after year. Yeah, hell yeah, man. I'm really, really, really excited to see what, what we have to offer from this Warriors team this yeah. year. Clay back and whatever else, whatever maneuvers they're going to make Thursday night too and whatever, it's going to be a fun squad to see. Because Steph, Steph is going to be immortal. Like Steph's going to be in the league until he's 42, <laughs> just still being the leading the league in threes. I truly believe that. Um, another young point guard, or not, I guess Steph's not as – Carly is a young point guard at this point, but another point guard loves the three ball and was electric and kind of with his coming out performance this year. Trey Young, Dunny. I mean, we we doubted the Hawks the whole way through. I feel like, and he just showed up really this playoffs. What what did you feel about seeing Trey Young kind of you know grow up before our eyes in the series? The these this playoffs in these series wins against uh, yeah, New York I mean, against uh, Philly. Yeah, I mean, Trey, Trey Trey from the start of the playoffs, I mean, I, I kind of, in our notes here, honed in on the him shushing MSG and just – I feel like the world really caught notice against the Knicks in this series, but it was kind of just the climb of it all, you know, where they came from when their new head coach took over to, to the beginning of the playoffs and then them making a conference finals run that mm-hmm. I don't think anyone really saw happening – for the Hawks and especially Trey Young. I mean, Trey Young's been a dude since he got drafted. The haters have been kind of coming after him. Oh, that yeah. He's yeah. too small. You know, he can't do this at the NBA level. All he can do is score and, and shoot from outside. This is a dude who is averaging nearly 10 assists throughout the entire playoff stretch. And he made it to the conference finals. And he gave the Milwaukee Bucks a fight while he was injured. I mean, I think it's just, you know, at least, you know, no giving Trey Young his flowers yet. He's still still a young player. But let's let's start giving this dude some respect, no matter how bad his hair is. <laughs> I'll never respect his hair. Sorry. That's that's one thing. <laughs> that's fine. But you gotta respect his name. <laughs> yeah. Stevie, how do you do feel? Did, did Trey uh, see? I don't know if I did. I, I ever. I feel like I don't know your original Trey Young opinion. I, I was never a Trey Young okay. fan. I, I really didn't like him in college either. I knew he was good. Don't get me wrong, but there's something about him I didn't really like. And then you know, the more I watched him this year, he just loves the underdog villain type mm-hmm. role, and he thrives in it. And I really don't think there's anyone in the NBA, maybe a few guys, who really like that role, like being the guy that everyone's booing, like being the guy that everyone's doubting. 
and just proving them wrong night in, night out. And that's basically what Trey Young did to me this season. I, I didn't think the Hawks were going to really do anything with him. I didn't really give him enough credit. Trey Young, he's a very, very good basketball player. He can shoot, and he's a very underrated passer. I think that's the biggest thing we saw this year. His passing is elite. Yeah, he is um, – I think one of the things that people, I guess, haven't given enough credit to Trey for is the basketball IQ part of it yeah. because he's just such a savvy, savvy player already. Um, the same things that we give you know, a lot of these guys credits for, he, he has been able to do – um, this season. So yeah, Trey, Trey was out in, incredible conference finals run. I don't know how, I don't know how soon they're going to be back in that position. They've got a big summer this year. John Collins, obviously um, up uh, is going to need another, going to need some money. Who knows? I mean, I've long talked about the Hawks. They should be involved in the Bradley Beal deals. That would be a terrible defensive backcourt, but it would make <laughs> a lot of sense yeah. offensively, but something like, like this is a team that's definitely ready to bring in another star and have something else going. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, so we're moving into my list here now at Dunny. We'll get Dunny back here in a second. Um, and the first thing that I really wanted to note, note was the beginning of the season was so chaotic because uh, James Harden kind of blew his way out of Houston. If you guys didn't know, <laughs> um, ending up on the Brooklyn Nets, but, just everything about the James Harden experience, the the press conferences when we first found out about the trade, um, all the videos of him, you know, in the Atlanta strip clubs and the Vegas strip clubs. We saw him with little baby. The bromance finally started there, and we were seeing them at the clubs together. And then they asked him like, "Oh, what were you doing there?" He's like, "Oh, I was training." It's like, yeah, bro. Like we all know whatever. It was just so fun. He showed up fat. Like everybody's making fun of him, like saying he's eating all these burgers, looks like Kimbo Slice and shit. And then he came. What did he do when he was on the Nets? Balled the fuck out, man. If he was healthy the whole year, maybe would have been the MVP of the league. Like that's how good he played. Um, it, it was a fucking incredible season for James Harden. I don't. It was just so crazy. I still remember like the two photos side by side of one when he was like warming up where it looked like he gained 30 pounds. And then as soon as he got traded to the Nets first game in warmups, he's wearing like this like black warmup. And it looks like he's the James Harden from two, three years ago that he just lost it. Like he was wearing a fat suit just to get out of there. I thought it was hilarious. But yeah, he he was unbelievable for the Nets. I wish that team would have stayed healthy because I would have loved to see what they could have done. But when Harden was on the court, they it was his team. He he was the alpha in that room, and he was unbelievable. Dunny, how was your James Harden experience this year? Up or down? Ooh. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, man, thumbs down because they eliminated the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, what he was able to do individually and as a player, I got to respect it. I mean – I think especially because I think going into him joining Brooklyn, it was almost seen as, is he the third star to KD and Kyrie Irving? But then it was kind of clear that he made, he made everything go once he was there. Mm -hmm. early, early on in him being there, Kyrie gave him the keys to the offense there. He said James was the point guard. And then he just had these games where he casually would put up 30, 35 points and 10 assists to go along with it. So, I mean, Harden just, you know, kind of doing what Harden does just seems to amaze us at the offensive end of the court. 
just keeps being arguably one, two, three best scores of all time. And, uh, you know, kind of like Stevie said, it was, a, it was a shame that I got injured for normal basketball fans. I didn't really want to see them win the championship, yeah. but um, this is a team who I have no doubt in my mind they'll be back. I mean, they, they just have all the talent yeah. in the world. Facts, yeah, they're going to be back. They're, they're, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with with a healthy Harden, whatever happens with Kyrie Irving. Um, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to be back there, but wouldn't be surprised to see them shake things up either if they really wanted to do that. But it's going to be a fun year in Brooklyn. They're going to be electric again. So moving on from James Harden, um, this is not – I guess this isn't one of my favorite moments, but one of the craziest moments we got to see this year. Um, let me know how you guys, if you remember that, oh wait, I'm picking the wrong thing. Hold on. Let me know if you guys remember this little, uh, little exchange. And, uh, yeah, I think it, it kind of turned us on to a, a different side of this. It really was kind of the, the story of this jazz team for the entire year, right? Like we would talk about it every single week. Like, are these jazz for real? We had Shaq come out get into this argument with Donovan Mitchell, which we'll see that we hopefully see the reaction while we're sitting here talking about this and just all year, just like, are these, is this team for real? Is this team for real? All-star game, LeBron and KD, you know, pick both of the jazz players at the end. And then LeBron sitting there like, Oh yeah, well we don't play with the jazz in 2k. Like just trying to make some stupid excuse. It was the story of the whole year with the jazz and they ended up flaming out. Mitchell was hurt. It was it was a weird way to, for the season to end, but Dunny, where do you land on the Utah Jazz? I guess going into next year, and just how did you feel about that up this up and down year that they kind of had? Man, it was it was just hard to to navigate and keep up with, like you mentioned. I mean, it wasn't during the regular season because, like you said, we almost got bored of the Utah Jazz. It was like okay, here are these crazy performances. Okay, here is this extremely long win streak. Did anyone ever take them super seriously? Yes. I think people were like, these guys are a force to be reckoned with. Donovan Mitchell got started to get the respect that he should as a player, as you know, an up-and-coming superstar. But even leading into the playoffs, and Bohr was most people wrong about this, but everyone was like, the Lakers are still the favorite. And then when the Lakers were out, oh, Phoenix would beat Utah. So it didn't really, you know, <laughs> we, we never really got a grasp on, on these guys being legit as far as people respecting them and this and that. And then, you know, kind of it's just how it, how it fizzled out, too. It was just too little, you know, too little of – I don't know, top-tier talent, I guess. Gobert just kind of flopped in the playoffs. People figured out how to expose the expose yep. the Eiffel Tower, and Mitchell just wasn't enough to do it himself. So I think it's back to the drawing board for Utah. Maybe they make a move this season, or maybe they try to run it back. Either way, I don't think we're going to see different results next year unless they make a drastic change. Gobert looked yeah. damn good against Team USA, that's for sure. Keep going. <laughs> Sorry. Seriously. No, 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 that's true. Team USA is just a head case right now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the Jazz, they were fun in the regular season this year. It was fun watching them make 23s a game for a while. I mean, they were shooting the lights out, it seemed like. 
But I think everyone kind of knew this team just wasn't built for the playoffs, right? When it gets to the playoffs, it's all about star power. And we said, you know, we don't know if Donovan Mitchell is that true superstar that can carry a team on his back. And he just doesn't have the supporting cast right now. He's got a lot of good players around him, like Gobert's a good player. Ingles is a good player. Clarkson's a good player. Conley was great. His injury kind of hurt them. But... At the end of the day, this Jazz team, there's just too many better teams in the West, and this past year probably would have been their best chance, and we still doubted them. So what's that mm-hmm. say coming into next year? It sounds like you know this is probably going to be a lower seed in the playoffs that no one's really going to care about unless they make a big splash or make a big move. Facts. Yeah, it's gonna. No one's gonna give them credit. No, even yeah. if they're the one seed again, it, we're, yeah, gonna exactly. the, we're gonna be the same way. It, that's the way that honestly we wanted to be this year, but we couldn't because they were playing so well, and then they proved us all right. Yeah. Um. So we also had outside of playoff, the the next couple out are outside of really playoff and exceptional teams from this year. This year we really just got to enjoy the rookie class. Um. James Wiseman was hurt, but Lamelo Ball and Anthony Edwards did not disappoint. Stevie, I'm going to give the floor to you here because I know that you love both these guys. Just how did you feel about um, LaMelo and Anthony Edwards' rookie season? Well, first off, I'm going to say hand up. I was wrong on LaMelo coming into the season. He was a guy I didn't really think it was going to take a while maybe for him to get adjusted, become a star. And I remember about probably three weeks into the season, I'm like, oh, shit, like this guy, he's going to be, you know, one of the next big stars. And I remember probably probably two months into the season, I, I sent out a tweet where I said LaMelo Ball, I'd rather build my franchise around him than Zion Williamson. And I'm not backpedaling on that. LaMelo is a do-it-all point guard who can score, who can, you know, pass, who can rebound. I love LaMelo. I was completely wrong on him coming into the season. Did a complete 180. And Anthony Edwards, you know, a lot of his success came later on in the season. So I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of maybe slept on him a little bit, but he had a very good finish to the season. Yeah. And I'm not sure what's going to happen with the Timberwolves, how they're going to build that team. But Anthony Edwards, he was dominant in college, and he showed that it was no fluke. I thought maybe it'd take him a year or two because he was so young, because he hasn't you know played with elite talent around him. And the second half of the season, no one really talked about how good he actually was. He made some posterizing dunks he was scoring you know once he got his minutes up he was scoring a lot of points each game edwards and ball they're both going to be problems going forward in this league Mm. yeah it was a joy to watch i'm sure warriors fans hate hated watching both of them (laughs) just see wondering what could have been with that pick and their guy on the bench but anthony edwards also going to be the best interview in the league for the next (laughs) 10 years that dude's incredible um, it's just, he's hilarious. Like he's just, he, I don't think he knows any better, but he's hilarious. Um, so they were a joy to watch this year. Donnie, any comments on LaMelo or Anthony Edwards? Yeah. I mean, we, we, we just see the league in good hands with these young players mm. coming in. Stevie, I was kind of in the same boat as you. I wasn't sure how high I was on LaMelo, how well he was going to do, how long it was going to take. Proved us both wrong, I guess, because he showed he was ready for the task. Of course, a team like Charlotte, a lot of opportunities for him to do so. Um, So that that kind of lucked out in his favor. But, I mean, he also stepped up to the task. I mean, you can't 
take anything away from him. He was excellent. And then it's nice that we are talking about Anthony Edwards right after we talk about a guy like Donovan Mitchell because I see a lot of similarities in their game. Edwards is, to me, a little, you know, a little less polished, a little more explosive. Um, But, yeah, I I see a lot of similarities in Donovan Mitchell for Anthony Edwards. I think the league's, you know, we're talking about young guys creeping up on the face of the league. This is the young, young guys who are probably going to be that face of the league. Yeah. You know, a generation from now. But, yeah, the league's – as as far as rookies went this year, these guys didn't disappoint. Looks like Lamelo was going to run away with the rookie of the year for most of the season. Anthony Edwards made it close at the end there, um, and you guys know how it ended. But yeah, these these guys were for sure a bright spot in the season. Very fun, both a walking highlight every single night on the court. For sure, I like that comparison to Donovan Mitchell, and I we've compared Donovan Mitchell a lot to D- Dwayne Wade, but I think Anthony Edwards is an even better comparison to Dwayne Wade because of the athleticism. So definitely, right. that I mean, Anthony Edwards would take that in a second. So before we get to our two, the biggest moments from our two finals contenders, the last biggest story of the season that we would be remiss to mention is the guy who some, somehow every year, no matter what, he finds his way into the hearts of of NBA fans. And it was Russell Westbrook this year breaking the triple triple record, triple double record of Oscar Robertson. Dunny, every night was a show with Russ um, putting on this run, not even just breaking, getting the triple double record, but willing this Wizards team with Beal. Beal was healthy for a little bit and then was out for a lot of this run too. And Russ just kept them on their back, got them to the play in. Um, got them into a playoff spot. Just just talk a little bit about how amazing it was to watch Russell Westbrook this year. So, Russ, this is, you know, dating back four or five years now, but he's always been the dude saying, why not? And mm-hmm. his game just displays that phrase to a T because every night, you know, even if he's having a shoot, a poor shooting performance, which that seems to be the go-to for all the Westbrook haters, is, oh, he can't shoot the ball. He doesn't shoot efficiently. Westbrook, this and that. It's like, okay, even take away all his shot attempts, the way this guy impacts the game is so different from every single other player that hits the hardwood night in and night out because I promise you there isn't one person in the entire league who matches this dude's intensity when they're on the same court as him. There just isn't. There's some that are more talented. There's some that are better shooters, more efficient. But no one matches this dude's intensity. I don't know if we've ever seen someone with this dude's intensity before. And then to have the stats to go along with it. I mean, your favorite player isn't going out and getting 15 rebounds and 17 assists in the same game. He just isn't. And Westbrook does that literally on a nightly basis. Doesn't matter who the opponent is. Doesn't matter if he's going up against an old foe, an old friend. He's just there to do it, and he'll tell you that. He'll tell you exactly what I'm saying, but he'll put it in better words than I can, that I can do right now. <laughs> and um, and that was an example of that. But seriously, I mean, Westbrook, what, I mean, the three of us, we all respect him. We all think he deserves the credit. Mm. We just got to get the rest of the NBA fans on board because one day he won't be in the league anymore, and you guys are going to miss this. 
I mean, you said it perfectly, Donny. I couldn't have said it any better myself. There's no player in the NBA who gets more unnecessary criticism than Russell Westbrook, and he doesn't deserve it because every night he's giving 150%. There's no one who plays as high of intensity basketball as he does on a nightly basis. It doesn't matter if they're down 30. It doesn't matter if they're up 40. If Westbrook's on the court, he's giving it all he's got. And he willed the Wizards to the playoffs. I mean, 24 triple-doubles in his last 29 games. That is absurd. And it wasn't you know, like a 10-point, 11-rebound, 12-assist triple-double. He was scoring 25 points with 15 assists, 17 rebounds. It was He was putting up numbers that didn't even make sense. He was an auto-play if you ever did any type of DFS basketball. You just played him oh, for yeah, the entire for month. Sure. Because he was winning you money a consistently basis. I love Russell Westbrook. I've always been a fan of him. I've always been a fan of his game, just the way he plays. And yeah, the just the pe- the haters on him, it just has to stop. I can't stand it, but they're gonna keep hating and Westbrook's gonna keep producing. It's just how it's gonna be until he's out of the league. Big facts, big facts. I, the the man deserves his respect. Yes. He really does. And, you know, you were talking about CP going to join LeBron. I really want Russell Westbrook oh. and LeBron James. It doesn't make any sense basketball-wise <laughs> with those two, but it would be so much fun to see. That's my hope. Let him go back to L.A., let him cook there with LeBron. It would be fun. All right, I'll, so let's go ahead. No, go I'll ahead. I'll tell you what. If Westbrook does play with LeBron, that'll be the only time I root for LeBron to win a finals. <laughs> <laughs> I want Westbrook to get one. I think so they have bad. a damn good shot at it if, if yeah, that happens. I would think so, too. I think so, too. It would be helpful. All right, so let's get into the two finals teams. We talked about them at length at the beginning, but there were two big moments that we have to we have to touch on here in this year in review before we wrap up. So first one, we'll start with the with the the Western Conference champions. Um, unfortunately, lost in the NBA Finals, but they will always have this guy, our favorite guy, Suns and Four. Just I don't even I don't even know what we have to say. I just want the video will be here for us to comment on right here. It was really like a cultural moment for us in general, and started a chant that will probably live for the rest of time. Right, Dunny? I mean. What a look at this fight! Oh my god, he just gets his ass too here. Mm. <laughs> the four guys not waste any time. I think I watched this like on a on a Sunday morning. I believe that was a Saturday night game, <laughs> or, or it might have. Yeah, I just I don't know. This was incredible. What a wild ride for. You know, you can say everyone else, all basketball fans, all Suns fans, but that dude literally, you talk about 15 minutes of fame. That guy was on top of the world for a little bit. Um, he, he rode the, the Suns bandwagon, or I mean, I'm not saying he's a bandwagon fan, but he rode, you know, the Suns hot streak for as long as he could. Um, everyone kind of wanted it to be a Suns in four finals, too. Wasn't the case. Giannis had other plans, but I mean, that was the most bizarre thing as, as far as fanship goes in a while i mean that that dude got to stardom he went on part of my take with pft and big cat from barstool um you know you name it this dude was selling merch by the end of it by the by the, you know like halfway through the finals this guy was selling steve nash jerseys with his signature on him like out of left field this dude I don't know. He did it all. He beat up a few Nuggets fans, and then, you know, the, the world was at his fingertips. So, 
that that was definitely a crazy part of the season, and I think one that most people will probably not forget. Yeah, I mean, he he turned it to a walking meme, right? From that <laughs> yeah. one little scuffle the Suns and Foy put up. And what I loved more, most about it was not only, you know, the Sons of War, the meme he created, but just the NBA Twitter reaction. When stuff like this happens, NBA Twitter just becomes the best for the next couple days. And just the reactions to it, all the memes people created on their own, it was just comedy. And Sons of War just became everyone knew what you were talking about. When you said yep. Sons of War, first thing you thought of. Yep. <laughs> It, yeah, it was incredible. Um, I just think I think that one of the underrated things because it was on the road when this happened, right? He did that was on the road. There's no other arena that you like. What is wrong with Denver fans that you can get away with this? Like I was thinking, if I was a Cavs fan in Boston and I was trying to fight, like I would be. There would be a hundred Boston fans on my ass in two seconds. These Nuggets fans just sat there. They didn't do shit. They're like, ah, it's the Nuggets. Like we can't get that mad. This guy's way more, way more hyped up. Though, sorry, Meerkat, for the Nuggets slander, but I know that the Nuggets are not. They are very much the fourth place team in the Denver area. And I'm just wondering, that's how you get away with something like that. If, if you're in, you know, Boston, L.A., New York, Chicago, any of these places, it, it, ain't, it ain't going down like that. So Sons of Four Man got a little break. But uh, let's wrap up here with how we started. Come full circle. National treasure in Greece, in Nigeria, and in the United States. Giannis Antetokounmpo celebrating his world championship the only way you know how going to chick-fil-a just he wanted the 50 piece i mean what more can you like is there a better way to celebrate a title than this Dunny? because i really can't think of another way no i literally i didn't think it could get any better you know you watch the post-game ceremonies you watch the interviews then the next day he comes in hot and i i could eat chick-fil-a every day of the week i get so upset every sunday when i'm you know just feeling drowsy and want want a nice pick me up and i figure out or i remember that chick-fil-a is cold i mean i mean closed Giannis just this is the most relatable thing i think he did all season and all off season is he was a champion he was like oh like it's you know as soon as he processed it all and was like what do i do next this dude went and got 50 chicken minis and he did it the right way. He got he had everyone storming him. He's just a man of the people. Chick-fil-A, championship, whatever. Giannis is a man of the people and it was it was incredible. How can you not love this man? Yeah. I think I touched on it earlier, but there's really no star like to his level that's so likable as Giannis says. He feels like a little kid, you know, in his little Instagram lives or his mini videos. And it was funny too when he rolled up to the drive through at Chick fil A. He specified not 49, not 51. I yeah. want a 50. Piece. Was that a shot at LeBron? Was that a, I thought it sounded I like the cadence of the not five, not like that's what I was wondering. I was like, is he just taking, he's taking a lot of shots. So. Yeah, I, I don't know what, what it was, but I thought it was hilarious. And it was the exact kind of way I hoped Giannis would celebrate a championship. Oh, yeah. Giannis isn't like your typical, you know, superstar. He's, he seems like a family man, just a good guy, just a happy guy. He's always been that type of star. Who, and he's admitted, too, I'm kind of like, you know, by myself. I've kind of been, you know, that type of player that not a lot of people liked, which I don't understand. But he's said that. And Giannis 
he loves the fans. The fans love him. He rolled down his window, had him touch the trophy. He went to Chick-fil-A yeah. with both trophies, which was awesome. And I got to try a half Sprite, half lemonade now next time I go to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I haven't had one yet. I don't know if it's good, but if Giannis is endorsing it, I might as well try it. Yeah, we he said no ice, though, so you better not no try ice. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Follow through the whole way. Yeah, it was it was a joy to see see that man go celebrate and and do what he does best just the entire celebration first like the rachel nichols video that came oh, out him yeah. offering her the thing yeah him, saying him, him, him getting the cigar be like i want i want to get the picture like braun like it's yeah. everything everything that he's done has just been incredible man deserves the the celebration tour i love that he's just sit, he's just sitting like passenger seat his girlfriend yells at him because he says hey fellas at the beginning of the Instagram yeah. is like ladies too, ladies too. like just <laughs> everything about him. So innocent, it's it's awesome. It's it was it's been a joy to watch that whole team celebrate um, in that city. Fifty years, I mean, you can't. It, it's it's just been it's been great and a very deserving NBA champion. So going into that, as we wrap up, we'll talk about NBA champions before free agency, before the draft, before anything. All three of us are giving our official predictions as of right now for next year's NBA Finals. We'll come back around and, and update these for sure. But as you're reading right out what you think might happen in the draft in the next couple of weeks, what do we think next year's Finals is going to look like? Dunny, we'll start with you and go around the horn. Ooh, good thing we're starting with me because, you know, <laughs> fans might find this a little unrealistic, but whatever. You know, this is, this is our season – Season wrap-up, we're looking ahead. It's a long ways away, so I can dream. I'm going Warriors-Celtics for the finals Ooh. next year. I think the Splash Bros are going to be back. I also think, you know, they have a guy in James Wiseman who's kind of been in trade talks before. They have draft capital now, and it seems to me they might be looking to bring in a third star to go along with the Splash Bros and run it back so i think the warriors are at least for me an early favorite in the western conference we mentioned i don't really know what's up with cp3 and the suns right now i just see steph you know kind of doing what he did last season and getting his guy back in clay and then the rest is up to the organization but i think they'll make some moves and then boston hey they got eliminated early this year but we're doing a season Season wrap up, long ways look ahead. I can dream. I think <laughs> Celtics, new coach, new, ch you know, Brad's a GM now. The Jays are motivated and one step better. They're going to, there's more moves to come for them this offseason for sure. Al Horford's back in town. And Giannis got his this year, so he's going to take a, you know, he's got, he's going to let the Boston boys roll through for their own. I'm going Warriors Celtics next year. Um, is that a Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum Warriors Celtics team, or is it a Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum Celtics team? Hey, it's it, it, it could be either one, but it, it, it could also be Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Bradley Beal. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie, what is your NBA Finals pick for next year? So out of the East, I'm just going to take the Bucks again. I don't want to take away from what they've done. And you kind of stole my East – pick jake so i'm gonna let you have that i'll go with the bucks out of the east but out of the west i have to go with my guy luka Doncic. i've seen back-to-back -back years he's improved he was dominant in the playoffs he was 
basically the only one who wanted to play for the Mavericks besides Hardaway this past year against the Clippers, and he almost stole the series. And you know what? There might be a guy in the Clippers who may not be happy in L.A. Maybe mm. maybe he wants to play Ooh. with the, the foreigner he's seen. If we got Luca Kawhi, that would be my dream scenario for teammates <laughs> just to watch together. I would be I'd be in heaven watching that. But I'm not going to yeah. come out here and say it's not going to be Luca willing the Mavericks. I think he could do it by himself. Mm-hmm. But Porzingis was doing nothing to help him. I think they're going to bring in someone else to help Luca. And I would love to see the battle of the friendly foreigners between Giannis and Luca going for you know Luca's first against Giannis for back to back. I would absolutely love that. I'd root for Luca in that situation, but the Mavs do need to get, I'd say, a couple more pieces if they really want to make a serious run. I'm hoping they do so. So give me the Mavs versus the Bucks. <laughs> I was gonna say you're hoping for you're hoping for uh, Kawhi Leonard. You might end up with Colin Sexton there. So it's, yeah. it's a big, there's a wide range of possibilities yeah, very for this wide. Mavs team. But um, so for my finals here, yes, I stole your East team, but I'm going to steal one of you. I was deciding between both of your West teams, actually, <laughs> each of yours. I'm going settling on agreeing with you about Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. Um, I think that, like you just you touched on there, saying that he could carry it. I think this is Luka's LeBron 07 season, where this team wow. is not going to be this team's not going to be as well built around him as it can be but he is just going to be so outstanding in the playoffs and in the regular season that it's, it's not going to matter. And he's going to be able to get through a tough West because I think that the West is going to be tough next year, but the West doesn't have uh, the West also doesn't have a team at the top. Like it's just going to be solid all the way through. It's going to be wide open. Like the Lakers, this is going to sound like a surprise as is how much I've talked about the Lakers, but I'm not very high on the Lakers, no matter what they kind of pull off going into next year. Not as high as where I think that they should be title favorites like they were all this year until everything kind of fell down. The Clippers, obviously, whether they have Kawhi or not, he's going to be hurt, so that's going to be an impending issue for them. The Jazz, we've touched on earlier, and the Suns, just they're going to be up in the air team. So, And the Warriors and Mavs are those two teams, I think, that are going to have the opportunity to kind of rise in the West and maybe be that new class. And I just think some years in the, some years in the, in the conferences, it's just the best player. Right. And Luca, Luca is shaping up to be the best player. He's only improved every year. So what does another jump by Luca Doncic even look like? Like it could be, it could be his MVP. It could really be like the MVP, the coming out party. I think that could get them to the finals to get waxed by the Nets in like four games, because I think the Nets, <laughs> I think the Nets fully healthy are just, they're just going to yeah. rip through the East and just, and get there and get their title. I think this year was like their, you know, 2011 Miami year where just about everything could go wrong. And it ended up disappointing. I mean, think of how much bad luck you have to have to hit a game winning shot and your big toe is on the line. Like just think <laughs> of the sports karma that that has to take. Right. So yeah. I feel like this year was kind of, all the injuries, just everything that happened with the team was them taking their lumps because of the way this team was put together and just everything. And usually we see with these super teams in the second year, they really can hit their stride. And this I was going to say, it, it, it wasn't quite a loss in the finals, but, you know, it had it had almost the same feels as the mm-hmm. Miami Heat losing to Dirk and the Dallas Mavericks. Well, didn't we even – we even kind of talked about it before that series is that it was like, this feels like the NBA finals right now. Like it bucks yeah. Nets felt like the yeah. NBA finals and it, yep. it, that whole series did. And it would have turned out the bucks won. And if the Nets ended up winning this series, I think we all would have assumed that the Nets were going to win too. So it very well could have turned out that way. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. We went a nice strong hour here on the NBA year interview, but it was fun for you guys. Yeah. We will be back Thursday night live during the NBA draft, breaking down That's the lottery cool. picks as they come in. Um, I'm going to be freaking out because I don't want the Cavs to trade number three. I wanted to pick Evan Mobley. So you can see me lose my mind on live <laughs> live camera here. Any any Anything you guys are looking forward to in the draft, Dunny, Stevie? Stevie, you can go first. College, there's a lot of good college guys that, you know, I followed throughout the year in college basketball that I'm interested to see where they fall. Um, I think Davion Mitchell, wherever he goes, will probably be one of the steals of the draft. I mm -hmm. fell in love with him at Baylor. I think he's the best defensive player in this class. And then I'm also curious, too, just to see how the top guys, you know, end up. I don't really know too much about the guys overseas, but it'll be interesting to see which teams take a chance on them. I love Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga. Personally, yeah. I would take him number one, but I think Cade's Ooh. probably going to be the clear-cut mm -hmm. pick for number one. Wow. I love that, the, the, the Jalen Suggs number one there. I feel like that's that hasn't really been talked about enough, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Everywhere you, you go, everywhere you look. Locked in. Yep. Yeah. And that's that's actually what I was going to talk about, but it's interesting because I feel like Cade has been tossed around as that yeah. as that number one. I'm kind of a Suggs guy where I could see him going anywhere one through four, mm -hmm. and it's interesting because I do see him a lot of the times at four, which would be to to Toronto. So now we kind of already have this thing where we're seeing Lowry in a lot of trade rumors. Is Lowry on his way out? Is Van Fleet on his way out? Would a Lowry Van Fleet Suggs lineup even work? So I don't know. I, I think Jalen Suggs is a guy who I have locked in mostly because one of my favorite players in this draft. And then also, like you said, I think he could go sooner. And if he goes to Toronto, that may have some drama to go along with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I it's it's going to be really interesting. I, I'm really interested to see what teams at the top of the draft do because we've heard even the Rockets wanting to trade up to number one, right? Like trying to entice Detroit to get them because they want Cade. It feels like the Rockets are going to end up with Jalen Green. Jalen Green is not a, is a prospect that I'm terrified of and like very much hoping selfishly that he doesn't fall to the Cavs and that they're tempted to pick him. He's a guy that you mentioned. I'm mentioning this because of your mention of Suggs, which I don't understand how he Suggs has fallen behind Jalen Green so much in this because these executives have fallen in love with the scoring potential and everything, I'm sure. But he's a very limited two that can, he's a scorer. But he's not great defensively. He's not a great playmaker on the ball. I'm very interested to see what team ends up with him. If it's going to be Houston, like we thought, or if, if Houston decides to go with Mobley. I don't think the Cavs would pick him, and I think that's where the draft – number three, the draft really gets interesting because no one has any idea what the Cavaliers want to do. Because even Mobley is a weird fit with Jared Allen and Okoro and just – I mean, he, Mobley can theoretically do everything. But we, in, in practice, we need to see it work out with that weird roster. So number three on is going to be interesting. Um, go ahead, Steve. I know you don't want to hear this, but I would love to see some trades early on in this draft. I love the chaos. I would love to see the Cavs trade the number three pick and just see what would happen there. I'm a big fan of the chaos, and I, I just don't like you know when drafts go kind of chalk how everyone's mock draft goes. I love when a team trades up that we don't even expect to trade up, and then the whole draft you know scheme is just changed. Yeah. All the picks are just 
kind of not randomized at that point, but it's just not expected. Teams are taking guys you wouldn't expect. And that's my favorite part about the NBA draft because it, it only takes one or two trades. It's a two-round draft. It only takes mm-hmm. one or two trades for it just to get wild. Well, it's a pretty much – something's going to happen that we don't expect, right? Yes. Like we, It's a pretty much a guarantee with this draft. And that's what I was just going to touch on is that the Cavs at three are a very big trade chance. I think the Magic at five and eight – Mm-hmm. Are, have been looking to move up all draft, but if there's not somebody they love at five or eight, I think they're a trade candidate. The Warriors at seven and 14, they're trying to get a star. Like there could yeah. be a star on the move tomorrow night. We could see a Bradley Beal, maybe even a Damian Lillard, something like that on the, on the docket. But there's always deals that, that come down that we don't even expect. Like yeah. the other day with the Memphis deal, I mean, Memphis trying to get that 10th pick. Like what does Memphis see with that 10th pick? Do they want to keep moving up and try to grab somebody else that they think can join that young core of, of Ja and, and Jared Jackson Jr. So it's going to be fun. I think the tr- I think exactly what you said. The trades are going to be interesting. We've got the Cavs there. Oklahoma City has a ton of picks. Are they going to try to move up and get into this, this other range because we've seen that. Another guy that I love, though, is Boog Knight. I, he's been flying up the boards now, and I'm really interested to see if there are teams that look out for him, too. I think he's going to be a guy that is going to move up a lot. It's going to be fun. So we'll be back here Thursday night, 8 o'clock, right? Pretty sure the start time of the draft yeah, is so 8 p.m. Fun. Eastern. We'll go through the lottery picks, talk through the chaos, see if anything crazy happens. It'll be fun. Um, so don't forget to follow us at Happy Hour Hoops 1. Follow us at Trainwreck Sports. Uh, you know, give us five stars on all our all our platforms, all those things, Apple, Spotify, wherever you can give us ratings. Yelp if you want. I don't know, whatever, whatever you're feeling like. <laughs> Facebook, sure. And uh, and follow us at Donovan Hold97 at some guy named Steve, Richie Stevenson. And he, for myself, Jake Micah, it's been a pleasure. NBA season this year is done and we are looking forward to next season with the NBA draft. Stay hydrated. Thank you all for joining and have a great evening. Thank you.